So, some time ago I decided to make the switch from those Instagram live chats I was having during the course of this past summer to a pre-recorded podcast format, a change I was more than welcome to embrace. To celebrate said change, I decided to summon my dear friend, fellow comedian, female empowerment machine, Brittany Brave. For the reasons Brittany herself explained, we had to keep it rather short, but we still nonetheless managed to touch upon a wide range of socially charged topics, which, in all honesty, make Brittany Brave the perfect candidate to start us off on the new chapter of Trust Me On This. Without further ado, here's Brittany Brave. How do you pronounce your last name? Um, okay, so th- this is this is kind of like, uh, I've already started recording, so we're kind of, you know, just to let you know that we're on our way. Um, we're, on, and, we're in it. Yeah, Everything's sure. on the table. Yeah, when it comes to my last name, that that's a that's a really great question, because it, it's it doesn't get much more Croatian than that. I guess it, it's it's just like you, you can't even that that's like it's not a like you know for, for somebody that that has always been kind of like in the midst of trying to behave worldly and American. I've always been put into frames and you know different frames and boxes just because there isn't like there isn't anything about it you, you just pronounce it Slepcevich and you can't pronounce it you can't pronounce it any other way you can't like there this isn't like it just makes my blood boil that I can't like like it just forbids me to behave internationally I guess got that's, it that's got it I developed this very I don't know kind of like a love-hate relationship to both my name and surname not my ethnicity, because I'm like, you know, just you can't like do anything about it. I mean, you can't you can't even do much about your your name, name really. But yeah, I mean, whatever. I guess that that's it is what it is. I know? think it's so cool. I think it's funny that you say you're always trying to be more American and fit in American frames and lifestyles. And I feel like as if I'm trying to be less American, like. A brave could not be a more American last name. It, I hate it. I think it's so boring. It's so cheesy and patriotic, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember when I was just like in in the process of preparing for this little chat we're about to have. You know, just to pick up on my yeah knees. Um, I actually realized that a lot of people confuse your last name with a stage name. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, it, I think that you're like the perfect kind of, it, 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 you're, there isn't a better person to talk to about this stuff than you, I guess, just because you, you, you know, have had your fair share of like, oh, my name says kind of sounds a bit science fiction-y. So, yeah, it does. I, I, I do. I understand why people don't think it's real. And then I, I am cursed with having, for more reasons, more than one, I'm cursed with wanting a career in the public eye and entertainment industry. Um, so now, yes, you're absolutely right. Everybody thinks that it's a stage name. Um, I would pick something way cooler than Brave. I, yeah, I would. Yeah. But um, yeah, I feel like when you hear Britney Brave, you, you, you think porn star or superhero. And I feel like for most men, that's the same thing, really. Um, they, they, have, they have the same effect, so. I got, I got like, a bunch of, like, I'm, I'm actually in the process of finishing up my um, university studies and stuff like that. 
I got a bunch of American professors who have had troubles with, you know, just pronouncing both my name and my last name. But mm -hmm. since kind of Slovenian and Croatian names are fairly similar, then they, I guess, have, you know, gotten used to just like reading weird names on the sign-up sheets and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just mm -hmm. a matter of that. That's what I've been having. Like, all right, I'm, I'm sort of not even like when I'm trying to have these conversations with people that are, you know, I'm, that are based in like English speaking territories, I always try to emphasize this kind of, which I think that, you know, it goes hand in hand with the election that you guys are about to have right now on um, mm -hmm. the whole presidential campaign stuff. You, you gotta be open to, to, to different kind of, you know, the, the, to just kind of different info impulses, I guess that, you know, life bring you be it, um i don't know the different people with different ethnicities you know people that speak different languages and stuff like that i mean it's just, yeah, it, yeah it, it helps we all can afford i feel like this year has taught us that politically and socially i think everybody can afford to open their minds and hearts a little bit more but um that would be my campaign slogan actually i was class president all four years that was my campaign slogan i was oh, like really? be brave enough to open your mind and heart no it wasn't <laughs> i would that's so i've been i'm not that cheesy come on i got a little bit of edge a little yeah sure and, and that's a great segue actually what i've been uh, like uh, kind of I, i've sort of wanted to ask you how are you how are you keeping you know your your mind open in the midst of you know this whole thing that has befallen us with the yeah. you know with covid and stuff like that. how do you how do you cope with it um a lot of wine a lot oh. of uh, yeah um uh I mean, I think comedy and still being able to get on stage helps me cope or it gives some sense of of normalcy um I also think trying to staying we all always talk about staying present but i think that um being hopeful for the future or trying to skip ahead of this time mentally has helped a little bit too like knowing like the days will continue and life will go on and this is like one snapshot and one moment of a greater of our lives and hopefully of society like you know one of my favorite sayings is like everything is okay in the end if it's not okay it's not the end you know, so and I, I do have to like believe that to some extent. Um, yeah, and I think it's a good year to give ourselves grace, too. Um, I think it's a good year to like go, we all can learn to go a little bit easier on ourselves as well, too. Um, so just, you know, try new things, breathe, go easier, keep doing comedy, you know, and just have to think that like this too shall pass. I just dropped not one, not two, but three different absolutely cliche sayings this too shall pass everything is okay in the end if it's not okay it's not the end whatever else i said so i'm just becoming an eat pray love advocate i can't help it there's another one yeah i mean it just sort of gets you in this weird this whole thing it kind of got you know the entire you know the whole of humanity just kind of in this weird lovey-dovey headspace i think we're not even used to just like expressing ourselves i guess like generally speaking um agree this is this just sort of can open up a lot of new kind of like avenues for love spreading i guess and that's exactly what it is like yeah you know. i think so yeah i think you have um i think that this year everyone was affected by it in one way or another and um it's a weird 
this is not the right way to say it, but bear with me, like leveling of a playing field in a sense, like no matter your socioeconomic status or race or gender or what, like every, everyone was affected by this year and everyone was affected by this pandemic. So there's like a weird, drastic commonality in that too. Um, and then, yeah, like you were presented with the option of either like stirring in hate and resentment about it or leaning into love or like leaning into positivity. And, you know, you're also human if you do both. I think we all had moments where we've we've all had moments where we've been a little bit more negative than positive and vice versa. Yep. And th this is just kind of like this weird turbulent kind of period in humanity's history. Just in a sense that we can't, like, I was just talking about this with someone at work the other day. Um, you can't even plan, like, anything in, like, more than two days in advance. And that is mm. also kind of, it just forces you, like, this whole situation kind of forces us to live in the moment. And realize yeah. the, 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 the importance of doing so, you know, and just in general. Um, but yeah. uh, I, I also wanted to touch a little bit upon... Um, uh, cat call your mm -hmm. very own what, what did you you framed it as i believe you said this once let me i i, I don't think i'll be able to I, I don't think i'll be able to quote you correctly but um, um I'll oh you better quote me correctly because i swear i will cancel you <laughs> i will be so offended how sexist of you to get the tagline of my women's organization wrong wow is it, wow. is it a is it is it is it um is it correct of me to say that that's a female empowerment brand kind yeah. of in, in, in a, all right then then i guess i got the gist of it uh, i can't remember if that's the exact quote but you know i just whatever that, so, so where works. is where is cat call right now and this um it's actually it's in a really really exciting spot so i'm uh, thank you for bringing this up but um it's funny that you because it's it's evolved in many many ways much like much like a young teenage girl who you know girls every two years girls are always like i'm an entirely new person you know um <laughs> cat call is doing the same every two years it's like no that was the old me i'm done that's it um but yeah, it's a female empowerment brand. It's a community. It's a platform. It's an organization, but we're like cooler than that. We don't have any like fees or rules. You could, you could do whatever you want. No. Um, but yeah, it is. It's it's essentially really at the end of the day is, has always been and is the one constant is a platform for women. Um, women and their talents and their issues and their voices and that platform looks like events. We do all female events and concerts and cooking classes and stuff. And now it's a podcast um, called Bad Women Underneath Catcall. And it's just really cool. Great, great conversations with women that I love and admire in various fields. And yeah, anything that, you know, we get approached with a lot of like cross promotion. And, you know, as long as it's benefiting women and and LGBTQ and, you know, those those cross sections of society and those those more marginalized voices, then we we back it for sure. So yeah, I get the feeling that I, I mean, well, just to kind of draw a line between the um, how right wingers love to call it the Western civilization and, you know, the part of the world I happen to inhabit at the moment, um, we've kind of uh, I, I've, I've often got, gotten like approached with you know Americans pr primarily just sort of um, asked you know they just sort of 
when uh, upon approaching me they they realized that i um kind of not just understand and speak english fluent ish i sort of you know even understand kind of like the cultural subtext behind it and one of the reasons for it is because we're kind of you know always been under the influence of the west more so now you know with the internet and stuff like that and mm-hmm. what has happened like i i'm i'm seeing this very strange cultural shift that we're experiencing right now that that's kind of like we have you know the the trump rhetoric and the whole kind of like sexist racist and just just like the the worst types of like just systemic um abuse hate hate driven kind of things we've been experiencing them over here and mm-hmm. i think that a, a female empowerment brand in the midst of like the worst possible period that humanity has been you know experiencing with the um, murder of uh, Breonna Taylor and you know George Floyd and what, mm-hmm. the whole kind of like cultural uproar that kind of you know emphasized on i think that we um over here might also need something similar to catcall and just on a larger scale that is the us catcall as a platform has a very it has kind of like the it, it it sort of presents itself as sort of this like moral moral compass in a way just you know lo, you know just try and look at women as equal members of society that can contribute in in you know an equally compelling way and i think that w- once i even correct me if i'm wrong but i think you 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 mentioned something along the lines of that just because it's a female empowerment brand that doesn't mean it's not it's a male you know male hatred brand no no not at all you know, not at I, all I, it, that would be so con- so against um what what we're trying to do in terms of inclusivity and equality and love you know if if it was anti anything um then yeah that would be going that's that you know we can't sit here and preach really that's all the feminism is is it's just like how you said asking for equality asking for fair treatment on both sides of this and like any other kind of pre-discrimination or bias or anything it's not judging somebody in their ability or their worth based on based on how they identify and how they look and what they are that's at the end of the day that's that's what it is um yeah and i do find it's absolutely not anti-men like all of our events are anybody can attend our events um just the talent and the focus will always be female and female identifying um but we need we need each other to advance all of these things um and we just yeah and to your point and to our point about open-mindedness earlier it's it's also like you know i think this year has taught a lot of us that like we're all not experiencing the same life and we do not move through life the same as the person next to us um and there's a bias for everybody and everybody has their shit and um you're really doing yourself and society disservice if you think that uh, life is the same for you and the person next to you. Like if you can, as a as a white a Caucasian human being, if you can look at a black man or a black woman and be like, no, we move through life exactly the same. We don't like, you know, so it's, I think that's like such an important first step. And that's what I try to do with Cat Call, at least for women, is to just open 
those who don't see equality and promote equality, be it men or other women or whatever the case is, just try and expose, candidly expose a little sliver of what the female experience is as to at least get people to understand its challenges and and that it's not. We don't move through life the same way men do. And I'm talking traditional gender here, but... You know, whenever men are like, I don't know why women are always complaining. I'm like, okay, you're part of the problem a little bit. You're, yep. that's, that's the whole point. Like, open your eyes. Like, it's not the same. Um, and accepting that is the first step. Yeah, and, and also kind of like, just to circle back a little bit on um, what you said before about, like, not um, realizing that you're – essentially what it is is, like, not – accepting the fact that people have been dealt different cards in in life mm -hmm. is also a systemic issue just because nobody's born with you know predisposed hatred there isn't no, such a not. thing as as a, as a gene you know for for hatred we, we are just sort of influenced by our just sort of mere surroundings and i think that if Absolutely. if uh if an individual is able to influence their surroundings in a positive way which is where platforms like cat call for instance come to come into play um we can actually just kind of turn the tide in, in a more in a more kind of you know human, in, a, in, a, in a way that can benefit humanity as a whole i think then, then yeah that's yeah that's all i'm trying to to do is to open up the conversation and you know, I think that's that's a big thing with cancel culture and that's a big thing with all of the societal issues that we face right now. Like people aren't willing to discuss information that doesn't subscribe to their bias, you know, or doesn't or doesn't, you know, we don't like information that's uncomfortable to us. Like we don't we don't like information that maybe is is not in agreement with the agreements we've made with ourselves. Um, so and it, that's, it's so important to have the conversation, so important to talk about these things, because that's the first step to awareness and understanding and eventually fixing, fixing all of all of the patterns. And yeah, to your point, that's so true. It's just all of us just we we think we're the only ones that are struggling. And we think we're the only ones that that are like going going for better and for worse. Like, you know, it's we think we're the only ones that have any adversity against us. But like even on a micro level, like they say, like the person sitting next to you in a coffee shop could be having the worst. No idea, like the circumstances that are leading them to behave the way they are. It's just about trying to open your mind and hear that like someone else's experience is different than yours. So. And I also wanted to ask you, like being a being a professional comedian professional mm -hmm. being a term which you know some you, you nights it feels it. very professional some nights it feels very amateur hour but that's okay that's uh that's a part of the gig i guess <laughs> I mean, if, if you if you're able to handle it professionally then you know you're you're kind of riding the boat already <laughs> there you go there you go i like that okay so how do you how do you handle how do you handle uh, and comment on cancel culture? Just in a sense that like if you know cancel culture is nothing but a, if if we take the sense like the can cancel culture is nothing but a byproduct of someone being like offended by the thing that's being said. How do you how how do you sort of mingle you know in 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 you know between political correctness and not wanting to obviously censor yourself where do you stand on that like how do you mm. 
Yeah. Um, I think cancel culture is very toxic. I do. And I think it started, um, like well-intentioned. Sure. Like, you know, I think, I think that, I think cancel culture probably first had its like tracking and steps and in like the Me Too movement and things like that, which were so important. Right. And started from a good place, a well-intentioned place because women were holding these atrocities close to the vest for so long and not saying things about micro and macro treatment and all of this stuff and unsafe workplace environments. Um, and so the, without intending to cancel people, because that wasn't really the intent of the movement, the intent of the movement was to just like free these women of these burdens, of these stories that they were carrying and at least let them feel seen and heard and protected so that they can start to heal, right? And that we can maybe hopefully create awareness and this behavior stops. In turn, the people who were very extreme examples of that movement were getting canceled for things that they said or did. And that's where I think all of this cancel culture kind of started to bubble. Um, I think it's misguided and I think it's reactive and I think it's coming from a very egotistical place. I think canceling people for, I'll just use the current terminology, should be reserved for Actions speak louder than words. It should be reserved for actions. If it, behavior, absolutely. Like tangible, concrete behavior or like undeniable hate speech. Sure. Like, absolutely. Like things that have physically caused harm to other people. Harvey Weinstein, uh, cancel culture is an understatement. Absolutely. Cancel. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's one bad example, but it's prominent. And it's like, um, I think... Now it's now it's devolved and it's diluted because now it's I just didn't like what you said. So fuck you. And you're canceled and I'm going to rip down even, your entire he life. He can't even pick his own battles. That's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's um. so I and I find that way. And that's I, and that's I think where I and I'll say this candidly too, like where I think the Me Too movement started to get a little um, when the stories were ranging from severe cases of sexual assault to someone saying like oh, my coworker called me a bitch hashtag me too and okay wrong disrespectful rude totally go to hr i hope he gets fired i hope he you know whatever gets in trouble it's that's not okay whatever um but those aren't those aren't the same and they don't carry equal weight i think that would be a disservice and that would hurt somebody who survived sexual assault to try and put those two those two transgressions in the same category um so i think that's where we have to be careful and intentional and impeccable with with our words and with how we respond to people's opinions and actions because we do threaten to dilute real work that's being done um and cancel culture is now it's i've almost been canceled like as a comedian like i've had terrible hecklers and i had yeah and it's like me like i'm like i had like one night and someone just misunderstood a joke and we're like you sexist misogynist asshole to me i was like i like i run a women's organization <laughs> like like what like i was like what are you even talking about and it's like and it's just misguided don't want to take the time to understand something immediately didn't resonate well with me and now i need to be the hero here who takes you down for the sake of being able to take you down and that's that's wholly misguided that's that's not what we need to be doing at all you know does a fair bit of damage to be quite honest it, it's not like it doesn't bring any good to the table not at all and essentially it doesn't it doesn't and like it, it does the exact it shuns people it shames people 
um, it's like bullying in a way, like this cancel culture, like someone says one thing on Twitter and someone else disagrees with it. And then all of a sudden everyone's blocking them and sending them hate messages. It's like, it's like a weird living, breathing slam book that we're in. And if you look around you objectively, all it is like how you just said is impatience and hate and not willing to take the time to have the conversation. Um, and that's a shortcut now, right? Like now we don't really need to understand each other. We don't need to give each other any grace or benefit of the doubt because we have this weapon called cancel culture where it's like, I don't even want to know where you were coming from with that. Fuck you, you're done. You'll never work in this business ever again. And it's like, well, that's the easy way out, isn't it? You know, isn't, yeah, so, yeah. A couple more things and I'll let you go um, to, to do your to do your thing. Um, oh, My thing, by the way, is the gynecologist. Yeah. What a fun thing. Who said this now? Okay. <laughs> what, what, what a true. fun Sorry, thing to indulge yourself in. <laughs> That's very I mean, I'm looking, I love seeing her. She's like the greatest ever. I haven't seen her in years. I'm home in Miami. She was like the first gynecologist I went to. I'm going to be like, Donna, what's up? Like, I can't, I'm looking forward to catching up with her. Anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yep. Yes. Um, so um, you're, you're also filming a movie right now? Yeah, I filmed a movie. Um, and a web series. The movie was done by one of my very good friends, Michael Pomeroy, and 4x3 Productions out in Ohio. It's called The Rest of Your Life, and it's going to come out next year. And it's great, and your girl is the lead actress. What, what? Um, and I am writing and producing a web series that I'm super stoked about. Um, the Disastrous Dating Life of Diane Damone. And it is cutting and funny and dirty and raw and um it's really realistic and it's um it's all based off of true dating experiences that the director and i have either gone through or heard about and then we put our own surreal comedic turn on them um and it's really great i'm really and i'm as involved as possible from like casting to producing to being diane to everything so it's so so cool it's really exciting so yeah, when's it coming out actually um, we'll be crowdfunding soon, and um, we're going to have a little premiere event in New York in December, so we'll have, like, you probably won't see the episodes online, though, until, like, spring of next year, because we're, we're trying to package and produce a couple, so, yeah. Um, so, so just to, just to sort of kind of, like, put a pin in, in, in the, in the entire conversation, um, how do you, what's your kind of, like, prediction in terms of How's comedy going to adapt to, you know, COVID's basically going to stay here for a while. It's not, it's not going away anytime soon. And just sort of based on that, what do you think that the future holds for comedy? Kind of just to put it bluntly. Yeah. Um, I think comedy is going to be fine. I think that it takes a lot to eradicate an entire medium. Um, I mean, we still have newspapers and um, someone somewhere still uses dial-up internet. Um, so it's my mother, honestly. It's who it is. Um, but it's... Um, comedy has always... I don't know why there was this panic about comedy being dead or not coming back. Like, obviously the industry is undergoing changes and maybe the... There was never money. The money's not there now. There was never money. Like, it's stand-up. It's not a. It's not an immediately lucrative job. Um, so, but, I mean, for 
comedy has constantly been changing it needs to it's like a direct mirror to society in the world so when people are like oh man it's not gonna be what it was i'm like it's not what it was 10 years ago it's not what it was a year ago it's not like people have a TikTok and they're calling themselves a comedian if lenny bruce heard this now or lucille ball she'd be like what like they would be like you know it's we're not playing with the same tools here um so i think it's going i think it's going to to be fine um i think it's going to be fine it, it, it will live on we will find if, we, if we've been doing it in parks and alleyways and backyards and roofs like we'll we'll make it work i think that that's a very that's a very light and a very healthy way to look at it that's i think you've got your shit figured out <laughs> you might I, not say someone does my parents don't but i okay that's that, ivan does so i'm good i'm doing good <laughs> yeah. so um, i'd like to thank you for for coming on and i'd like you to uh, i'd like to thank you for you know just sort of helping me with your like you know agreements to, to just sort of come on uh, you've actually helped me to just make the transition from instagram live to just sort of do, doing do, doing this for real with you know it being pre-recorded and stuff like that so you know you're basically you're my first oh. yay oh my goodness how precious <laughs> and traumatic and pioneering um of a role yep. i am you'll yep. never forget me you'll never forget your first that's what they say uh, i blacked nope. out during mine so nope. nobody worry uh i go <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me though this was wonderful yeah it was um and i, I think that i i truly hope that we'll be able to catch up in person someday when this whole thing's over and done with me too once it's safe to travel really safe and normal to leave our houses yep. and countries and everything again and you know what the elections next week so depending on how that goes i might be i might be moving to you so yeah, oh, yeah that's cool and i mean yeah. you know the, the nation might suffer but Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the world's on fire, but like YOLO, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, it's all perspective. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, um, be brave, I guess. You know, stay brave. And definitely don't be Brittany, but be brave, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.